Joshua Cribs turns disaster into a score! Ugly, misformed little creature who has no purpose here, no meaning. I am a human being. Washed it down with one beer, two beers, three beers, a shot of whiskey, a margarita, and a bloody Mary. And I said, Stone Cold, why have one when you can have them both? Swung out and drilled, deep right center, away back, gone for Tony. Irving and Curry, one-on-one, Irving puts it up. And now, Any Given Podcast with your hosts, Brendan Ward and Ethan Simpson. Hello and welcome back to another fantastic episode of Any Given Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Ethan Simpson, along with Brendan Ward. And today, we have a once again, a fantastic episode. Um, but before we get into that, I would like to officially welcome my man, Brendan Ward, into the Kent stage and the Robbins Theater family. I appreciate it, man. Excited to, excited to work together even more than we already do. Uh, it's, it's, it's a fantastic partnership, and it continues to just get, grow. I think we might talk a little too much to each other. It's it's starting to get borderline where I'm like, uh, how do I justify that five hours I just spent on the phone with him? Right. Hey, don't tell your old lady. <laughs> no, nah, she knows most of the time when we're talking, except when it's midnight to four in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that happens a couple times. But, you know, we're just uh, we have so many ideas. We're two creative guys always thinking of ideas. We're always talking. So. And it always amazes me where some of our conversations can end up. We could we like we could start about baseball and end up in oh yeah, remember back in twenty twelve. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it's just yeah. all over. It, we we go all over the place. It's it's like I said, a good partnership that continues to grow and hopefully just continues even further. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's what I'm hoping for. Me as well. All right, so to start off the podcast. Um, were we robbed of one of Francisco Lindor's last seasons as a Cleveland Indian? Uh, yes. Uh, whether or not baseball comes back, we were hundred percent robbed of Francisco Lindor Lindor's last season. Like, yes. Uh, if we do come back and we play 50 to 65 games, 75 games, uh, we still lost half the season. Correct. Uh, in the way you worded it, uh, because he is eligible in 2022, uh, but, that last year of control, like you know, is something you're looking to get rid of, especially if you're not going to keep the guy. You want to get those assets as quick as possible. And mm-hmm. and they might not even wait till the end of the year to trade Francisco Lindor. Once we know exactly what baseball is going to do in 2020, we could see a trigger pulled, I feel like, on Lindor. So, yes, absolutely, because there was very much potential like that we could have got 80 games and he was traded at the break depending on where uh-huh. the Indians were at in the standings. Uh, but with the fact that we're going to get a 60-game season and they're 100% going to want to get 
the highest trade value they can for Francisco Lindor. Yeah, I, I guarantee I, I can almost guarantee that, especially with Dolan, you know, the the, the comments, enjoy him while he's here. Um, oh. And we'll get into it a little bit in a little bit, but just the dangers of being a small market team and not being able to afford Lindor uh, because of the dangers it creates for your team. Something that if they want to get that as much value as they can, probably as soon as the season starts, they're going to be looking to pull the trigger. Yeah. And um, obviously on previous podcasts, we have talked about this with, uh, you know, CC Sabathia, Cliff Lee, when they were just, you know, uh, Victor Martinez, they, it was just a fire sale with all the, you know, all the stars they had. Um, but as much as it pains me to say this, I would much rather see Lindor be traded by the Indians so that we can get prospects or even another high class uh, shortstop. I mean, it, if they're going to do it, if they're going to do it, don't let him go through free agency. At least trade him. It's unfortunately a sad reality that as fans or as, as, as people who follow closely for small market teams that we know and we, we have to face, you know what I'm saying? We, okay. we see like that, okay, it's, it's not good to pay a superstar $30 million for the Cleveland Indians or any other small market teams just because – if you pay this guy thirty million dollars, you're still wanna gonna keep your payroll very minute and then you lose out on everybody else in your system. Yeah, and I mean even the uh um I almost said AFC North. <laughs> I I don't know why that came to mind, but um The Central? Not the East, the uh yeah, the Central. Thank you. I I don't know. I, I got football down on here, too. So It, it happens to the best of us, man. It's all right. Um, yeah, so in the Central, every team is essentially a small market. You have Detroit, Cleveland, Kansas City, Minnesota, and uh, Chicago. And exactly. And the Indians have strived on that mentality. Just make it through the Central, and anybody can make some noise in October. Yeah. So... Losing Lindor uh, doesn't necessarily mean, to me at least, that they're pushing the Central aside until they get another guy. Yeah, I mean, but if you think about it, who would we get? I mean, Francisco Lindor is top two shortstops in the Major League Baseball organization right now. He's possibly a top five player in all of baseball. Uh, And, uh, yeah, I'm not saying you're going to replace Lindor. What I'm saying is I I don't think that just by trading him, that's the Indians saying, okay, we're not going to win the Central for a couple years till we draft another superstar guy or another mm. one of our guys come out of our system because the Indians have the best damn farm system in the in the league. That is true. <laughs> Without a that doubt. That is a fact. Look at, look at their starting rotation and tell me otherwise. I mean, uh, look at Shane Bieber. I mean, he's – Look at look at any of them. Car- yeah. Carrasco's been consistently good. Now he's he's got the health issues and stuff like that, which is is unfortunate. And it's not like it's his fault or that he was injury riddled or anything like that. Nobody can predict leukemia, bro. Uh, but yeah. Clevenger through the system, fantastic. Like you said, Bieber, 
All-Star Game MVP last year. Uh, conversations towards the end for Cy Young because he just continued that dominance after the All-Star Game. Uh, Savali looks good. Plesak looks good. Uh, or even like some of the call-ups you've had. Bradley looked all right. Uh, obviously, Mercado looked really good last year towards the end of the year. Uh, so the farm system is there, and that's what helps those smart small market teams succeed. If your farm system's there. They also lost a year of the farm system. Yeah, that is true. And they, uh, I think they laid off over 1,500 uh, minor leaguers. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, like, obviously some of those guys I just named, the, the Bobby Bradleys, uh, Bradley Zimmer, if he ever shows up again. <laughs> that that is just Bradley Zimmer, great baseball player, great outfielder, but is he injury prone like uh, Carson Wentz? Well, well, he had the one, and then we haven't seen him since, right? Yeah, he had the one, and he hasn't been seen since. It's not like he keeps getting more and more injuries. It's the one, and it's been two years since anybody's seen him. Uh, they thought like he was going to be a big part of their run last year. Which, yeah. which was what, what everyone was hoping for, and then he was just never seen again. Uh, but those bubble guys are going to be on – because once it comes back, if it comes back, there's going to be expanded rosters. It's not just going to be your 30-man, your 40-man. There will probably be a 50-man roster. Uh, active An active roster is probably what they'll call it. It's going to be extended players plus these guys, those guys that were on the bubble that might not have gotten called up immediately from spring training, but definitely mm. towards the end of the year, we're going to get some playing time on the, on the, on, on the big league roster. So Lindor, uh, back to Lindor. Yes, we definitely lost a year of him. And it's unfortunate because it was possibly the last year. Yeah. And it, it, it just, uh, you know, obviously with COVID-19, all that going on, obviously they can't play baseball, but it's just, it's going to be one of those things. Like I was there for uh, Francisco Lindor's first game when he got called up and Ex- he re- he replaced as Drupal Cabrera. Exactly. Uh, something you remember, you remember where you were when Francisco Lindor first got called up. You, you were at the game. I was watching the game. I wasn't at the game, but I, I was for sure watching it because that's the type of stuff you do when you're a fan of a specific team. You check into that type of thing when the superstar through your farm system, the superstar, your rookie superstar debuts. Uh, and I love Francisco Lindor. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here advocating for them to trade him because if I saw a way where that small market team in the Cleveland Indians could pay Francisco Lindor the money he's going to be making – and still be able to keep Jose Ramirez on the team, Carlos Santana on the team, Carlos Carrasco on the team past this year. If they could do that, then by all means, I would love to see him pay him. It's just not feasible for a small market team to do. Yeah, I know. And uh, like we talked about yesterday when we were planning what to talk about, you're like, are you sure you want to talk about this? It might make you depressed, which uh, feels like I'm you know, taking a stab to the heart right now even saying this, but if he's not going to resign with the Indians, then yes, trade him and get some prospects or, you know, some players. You know what? If we could trade Francisco Lindor for Mike Trout, I would love that. I mean, I would love it too, but he's, he's already making the, the money. It's just, he's got the, yeah, he's got the Skrilla. 
the thing is, is his contract is on a couple years ago's numbers. The, mm-hmm. the, the Indians might be able to swing that 20 million, 15, 20 million a year. We're talking yeah. Francisco looking at 35, 40 a year for yeah. 10, for 10 years. Francisco Lindor's contract in 2022 could very easily come out 10 years, $400 million. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and honestly, he does deserve it. You know, he's one of the best players in the league. As long as the market continues to go up, like I said, arguably a top five player in all of baseball, despite position. Yep. And once again, like we talked about yesterday, there's three teams I never want to see Francisco Lindor wear their jerseys. And you know them. Cubs, Indians, I mean, Cubs, Yankees, Astros. Why did I say yep. Indians? Cubs, Yankees, Astros. And that's the trifecta. That's the trifecta yeah. for both of us. Uh, F the Cubs for 16. Uh, always F the Yankees, bro. And the Astros, screw them too. If you got to steal signs, you don't deserve a trophy. You don't deserve a ring, whatever. Uh, by all means, let's not get into the Astros because that's one of the mo- the things that piss me off more than anything about baseball. And they pretty much they stole Brantley from us. Yeah, and they took Brantley. Finally, Brantley gets over himself, and he's no longer injury injury riddled. How, by all means, he, he I mean he did spend that last season in Cleveland pretty relatively healthy, but now that he's in the Astros, not even a single remote injury, not a sprain, not a soreness, not a. But let's <laughs> let's not, like I said, the Astros. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Ast- There's certain things that get you with Indians baseball. The Astros are what gets me with Indians baseball. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, yeah, the Astros, because they stole Brantley. If Brantley was healthy in 16, we would have won that World Series. Exactly. We needed Brantley in 16. But they, had Tyler, they had Tyler Naquin in there playing right field. 100%. Because other people had to cover left field. Because of Brantley. Because Brantley was injury, or injured. He was injury prone. And then now look at him. Possibly He's uh, on the asterisk. some of the greater moments in their title run. Yeah. In the, in the Astros title run was with was Brantley. Uh, yeah, like I said, just pisses me off. Screw the Astros. Yeah. Uh, how can we not ban all these guys for life if Pete Rose gets banned for cheat, for betting on himself? Right, he was betting on his team. It wasn't like he was betting against his team. Like he didn't throw the games. Yeah, he was betting on his team. Like a man gets a lifetime bet ban for betting on himself. But let's go ahead and sh- cheat three, two teams out of out of out of World Series titles. Right, and then what? You banned the two managers that were associated with the Astros. Yeah, they didn't but even the ban them. One year, one year. Yeah, one year. You know what I mean. And if there's not baseball this year, it still counts as that one year. Yeah. It, 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 like I said, Astros. And Altuve's still walking around like he's, you know, one of the best second basemen. And it sucks seeing Jason Kipnis go to the Cubs, but he is from Chicago, right? That was that's, his that's, a, that's a hometown thing. Yeah, which I get it, but... And, and neither of us are pining over Jason Kipnis not being in the lineup this year. Oh, yeah. Well, that's true. I mean, Kipnis has been slowly declining. But the whole thing is, like, when they were like, Altuve's the best second baseman. 
when Jason Kipnis was in the All-Star games. I just didn't make any sense to me. There's there's always been hype on Altuve, whether it's his whether it's his height or whatever. I don't know. I'll never I'll never understand it. Like, yeah, I I guess his feeling's good, but turns out his batting is only good because he knows what's coming. Yeah, I mean I don't know. You know what? I'm done talking baseball. Yeah, let's move on from baseball. Let's go ahead and get into some basketball. Uh, with the NBA approving a return to play, now there's still some contingencies I learned a little bit ago. Uh, there still has to be an agreement reached with Walt Disney World, uh, but a partnership that just makes sense. They can they can they can broadcast games on Disney Plus or ESPN Plus. They they've got they were gonna broadcast the games anyways if the season was open. You know what I'm saying? So the only yeah. thing the only thing is, is is the space inside Disney World, uh, which. All it, all it's going to do is help Disney profit even more than if they were given that space to people. I, I let me put it this way: you know how advertisements work. A partnership, <laughs> a partnership, a partnership with the NBA makes a lot more sense than selling a hotel room to me and you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I mean, Disney owns ESPN. They own ABC. Like, why not? I I don't get why there's such a debate about an agreement they own ESPN and all those guys. So like, why is it a thing? Is it just like, it was just pending agreement. Like I'm sure there'll be agreement. Like I said, it's contingency, but I'm not a hundred. I'm not really that worried about it. I'm not, I'm really that confident in talking about the say in the NBA. I'm, I'm really confident in saying the NBA is back with them being back though. We're looking at an eight game regular season for each team with a target start date of July 31st. That has the eight-game regular season ending by August 25th, which is when lottery odds will then be determined with the lottery mm-hmm. with the NBA draft lottery. Uh, give me just one second because I lost. Okay, so the lottery will also be held August 25th, so we'll know the odds around the same time that the lottery will take place. Uh, the expected the expected format is there are. 13 teams from the Western Conference as well as nine teams from the Eastern Conference going. The, the criteria mm. for being invited was you had to be within six games of the eight seed. The top seven teams at the end of the eight games in each conference will automatically make the playoffs. If the eighth seed is within if the ninth seed is within four games of the eighth seed, there will be there will then be what is called a play-in series between the eight and the nine seeds, a best of two series, so up to three games if they are within four games back. Uh, that is the NBA's way of making up for the fact that there were only 70 regular season games. Uh, okay, yeah, that's kind of a... I don't know. Doesn't... Uh, it's so weird now that they're trying to, like you said, make up for the 70 regular season games. And then they're like switching up the playoffs. It's kind of, uh, kind of weird. If, if you're, if I'm being honest, looking through the seating, uh, that bottom half of that Western conference, uh, is you got Portland, uh, New Orleans, Phoenix. So you've got the, the New Orleans Pelicans who obviously, if they can get in at that eight seed and get a round one matchup between LeBron and Zion, that's gonna sell. That's gonna be money. 
for they're going to be printing checks over there in the NBA. So I think it really is to allow Zion or Devin Booker or Damian Lillard, who still have to fight for that eight seed, uh, a chance to make it in uh, and give us that playoff series like we want. Because right now, uh, let me let me pull it up, but yeah, I'm man. pretty sh- like I'm pretty sure like it's bottom bottom half like let's see so the eighth seed if my computer would ever like to pull up is in the east is the Orlando Magic. Uh, so the only the only extra team out of the top eight teams in the East would be the Washington Wizards that get invited. They mm-hmm. are they are right now over eight games. They're five and a half games back, so they can make up that four games, and we could potentially have a play in series between the Magic and the Wizards to see who ends up playing the Bucks in the first round. Uh, should the Toronto Raptors not make up seven games in eight games? Yeah, uh, no, I, then, I, I totally get that. That would be actually be uh, that's probably like a uh, betting guy's wet dream. The Magic playing the Wizards, you know. Yeah, and then that's and, like a bookies. Sorry, not a betting man. A bookies, you know. Yeah, it's a bookies wet dream. Uh, and then the Grizzlies are the eight seed. Uh, so, but. There's three teams that are three games back. You got Portland three games back, or three and a half games back. You got Portland three and a half games back, New Orleans three and a half games back, and Sacramento three and a half games back. Now Portland looks like they have the tiebreakers. And then you've got uh, San Antonio at four games back, looking, but uh, with them losing uh, LaMarcus Aldridge to shoulder surgery uh, and not going to have him for that run, that's looking like something. And then Devin Booker. Uh, has a chance to get the Suns back in, and they're six games back. Uh, but that Portland-New Orleans 9-10 uh, and 10 seed right now is really uh, – could you imagine a play-in series between the Memphis Grizzlies and the New Orleans Pelicans where you've got John Morant, who should win Rookie of the Year, versus Zion Williamson, who everybody thought would win Rookie of the Year? You Just some of these big – name matchups you can potentially get from them playing series. Now that I'm not sure if it was a competitive thing or more of a, a ratings thing. Like, yeah, this is going to really bring us back into the limelight because of that. Or Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Portland, a perennial mi- middle of the road seed in the Western conference is now fighting for a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. And then now they got to play in. That was, uh, well, that was one of the things that I was thinking about. Um, with Zion, I think the association just wants Zion to be obviously rookie of the year. They keep putting Zion, like comparing him to LeBron, which is, uh, Zion's a great player. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think they'll, there will ever be another LeBron James with just that raw talent that LeBron has. I I, I get what you're saying. Here's the thing. Money talks and Zion sells tickets. It is, it's just how it goes. And I, I get there's not going to be fans, but Zion sells TV ratings too. Yeah, he does. I mean, you look at, straight at him. 
Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, you look at some of Duke's top-rated games ever, I imagine some of Zion's bigger bigger games or bigger moments are rated, mm. up, are rated up there and go through Duke's legendary history of athletes that went through that program. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, uh, I totally get that, but what do you think is going to come out of this whole – uh, Zion having to tell or having to admit that Duke paid him and stuff like that? Well, uh, the other day I read that his lawyers actually filed a restraining order so he wouldn't have to. Oh, nice. So yeah. so whether or not it happens, uh, like we talked about before, you're pretty ignorant if you don't think it's happening. Oh, yeah. Especially Any... in big-time big college basketball. Yeah, like the Power Five conferences, of course. Duke is the blue blood of blue blood programs in in college basketball. Uh, there's no way you could do that. Like obviously, Coach K probably has some sort of sway, but uh-huh. for, for thirty some years, yeah. Without booster backup, Coach K has himself a little roster up there of amateur paid players. And it might be controversial to say, but it, like I said, pretty ignorant if you don't think. Like, just like the thing that the stuff that came out with uh, Wiseman from Memphis this year. It, like, okay, that was a loan. Pet, uh, Penny bought him a house. Yeah. Or gave him a loan for a, ho- a house so his parents could for live. For his parents, with, yeah. So yeah, they could live down house. in Memphis. Which, yeah. which, like, I guess, like, it is technically probably against the rules. Uh, Chase Young got suspended this year for something very similar. Uh, took a loan from a family friend. And, like, that one didn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't get it. If I'm a college student and I need a loan from my parents to get some food or something, that's a problem. Yeah. Like, that that doesn't make any sense to me. But, like I said, the Zion thing, I'm not really sure anything. Like, it's very likely, like, he doesn't even ever see a day in court. But it's also very likely, like, if he does, all it's going to do is progress the change that we're are, that we're starting to slowly see in the NCAA, where players can profit off their likeness and stuff like that. I don't think we'll ever see, like, a program in the NCAA where certain people make certain amount of money, uh, mm. like, say, $10,000, $20,000 a year or something like that. Uh, but you're definitely going to see where, which I think is smart for them, be hands off with it. Yeah, you could profit off your likeness. We're not going to pay you. But by all means, seek an agent and go get paid yourself. Right? I mean, I've that's one of the things like I've never understood about college sports. Like yes, I get that, you know, they have the scholarships, but I mean, everybody else is getting paid millions of dollars to coach these guys, you know? My thing like is Like Urban is... Meyer Exactly. What did he get paid? Like sixteen million when he was coaching at Kent State. Yeah, at Kent State. Sorry, Ohio State. Yeah, exactly. Nick Saban's in the double digits as well. Here's the thing: if I'm just a normal college student and I'm on scholarship, am I not allowed to go get a job? Let's say at Taco Bell to make money. Yeah, I mean, it so happens a, all the time. A kid who is on an athletic scholarship, still a scholarship, still free money. He just gives you work for it. You know what I'm saying? 
He actually works for this scholarship. I didn't. Why can't he go find a job? And why can't he just use his face to find that job? Right? Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I, As long as it's not the school paying the players, like, they should be able to go out there and, you know, be in commercials and endorse car dealerships and, you know, exactly. Nike and Adidas and all that. Justin Fields, by all means, wants to – gets a Nike commercial. If Nike wants to pay Justin Fields – as long as it's not, like you said, Ohio State paying it. Mm-hmm. Because then it becomes, then, and I get what they're saying. If, if Ohio State pays a player directly, then it becomes about which schools have that booster money. And then we're looking at perennially only those top teams, Ohio State, Oklahoma, uh, Alabama, LSU, those, those big-time schools that have athletic money. As perennial contenders, uh, Notre Dame they've they've got the money too, so they could contend. But a team like Maryland would never like sure they I mean they don't contend anyways, but they would (laughs) (laughs) they would never even have a shot because I can't they can't pay a four or five star recruit at that point. You know what I'm saying? Like they still get these four or five star guys, but if 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 I'm going to be a four star and get paid thirty thousand at Ohio State. And and I gotta sit the bench, or I can go to Maryland and start and get paid nothing. Uh, see, that's a that's I mean, a toss up. That's a question I, mean, I, I mean, always ask myself I mean, if I was playing in like you know in football. Would I go to Ohio State and sit on the bench, or would I go and play at a Mac school? where people can see me, you know? Well, that's the thing. If it, the, the exposure you would get at Ohio State, you only need one year. Yeah. Maybe two. So if I got to sit on the bench the first two years and still collect my 30 grand, okay, that's fine. But if I go to Maryland and get paid, let's say, five grand and I can start, obviously there's the option of weighing a, you're a four-year starter. That type of conversation then comes into effect. Oh, he he had the leadership and he had the poise to try to go and build a program rather than join an already rich program and stuff like that. So it gets into a lot of stuff. Like I said, just like our conversations, we start on one thing and here we are talking about college football somehow. We went from the NBA <laughs> to college football. I don't. We went to we went to Zion, but we'll, we'll swing it back to Zion. Bas- yeah, Zion, and then we'll it we'll, let it we'll, we'll swing it back to basketball, and we'll say this. The same model we just discussed could go for NCAA basketball. Yeah, of course. Yeah, any of those uh, sports. Or like Wichita State, uh, who is a contender in 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 college basketball, they mm. do not have the money that Duke has. So if it becomes plausible for a school to pay a, a player, there's no way Wichita State is no longer contend is, is a contender anymore. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense because if it starts being the colleges playing, paying these players to play, then, then yeah, it's going to be the Power Five conferences. And it's not even going to be like all of the Power Five schools. It's going to be the top two or three in each conference. Yeah. That are like, always uh, going to be the top two or three. Like in basketball, 
Duke, Kentucky, uh, UNC, those the, schools. The ACC is probably the one school, the one college basketball conference that has more than one, or more than two. Mm-hmm. You're looking at Big Ten basketball. Really, all of the Big Ten compared to the rest of those, the rest of those. Ohio State basketball is not that big. No, it's not. If you look at Big Ten basketball, Michigan probably is the most consistently good one. Uh, lately, it's been Michigan State, maybe. Yeah, this that makes yeah. sense. So, like, but what I'm saying is, those Big Ten teams are not in. In, in the same breath as those top ACC teams, the Dukes, the North Carolinas, the Kansases, the Kentuckys. Just oh, in football, they are, obviously. It's it's weird how it's sport to sport, but it, it happens. It's it's all about where these guys that are giving you this money want to spend the money. Yeah, well, when you're talking about Ohio schools, I think probably the top three in basketball would be Xavier, Dayton, and I think Kent State. Exactly. And they're yeah. not big-time schools. That's what I'm saying. Ohio State is still on, is below even a max school in terms of basketball. In, yeah. in fact, if you had me choose, I would probably pick a Kent State men's basketball team to mm-hmm. win a game against a Big Ten Ohio, Ohio State basketball team just because Ohio State basketball is not one of those blue-blood teams like they are in football. Yeah, oh yeah. I, I think, yeah, the Dayton Flyers are obviously the best college basketball team in Ohio. Yeah, because they're consistently in the tournament. And then right below them is Xavier, because Xavier is always in the tournament too. Oh, always then I there. would say, like, uh, yeah, I would put Kent State up there. I know they haven't been back since, uh, in what, 18 years to like the Final Four or the Sweet 16, whatever, but Kent State basketball, Kent State is actually a basketball school. Yeah, it probably, I would say Kent State's probably a basketball school. Well, hopefully, my guy Isaiah McCoy and Dustin Crum and Sean Lewis, hopefully they're changing that culture up there. Once they win that MAC this year, win that win another win another bowl game this year, by all means, it, it, let's call it a football school because they are changing the culture there. 100%. That Kent State football team to me looks completely different than it did two years ago. Uh, not just in terms of players, because everybody has changed in players. The mentality, oh. the fast flash, the Sean Lewis looks like he could potentially be one of the best coaches in all of, in all of college football. And unfortunately, that probably means after he does make Kent State who they, who they become, then he's going to get, like I said, paid by one of those schools that have more money. Yeah, he's uh, he's gonna pull PJ Fleck, I think. The but thing, I mean, PJ Fleck, he did nothing wrong, you know. No, he he, he made Western he, Michigan he, a powerhouse. Yeah, he made the Broncos to where they are today, you know, and then he got paid by Minnesota. And and Minnesota's good now, bro. Yeah, because of PJ Fleck, he's a good coach. That's why I always just like. I always associate P.J. Fleck and Sean Lewis because Sean Lewis reminds me of P.J. Fleck. He's probably going to be the next big-time name out of the MAC. Oh, yeah. 100%, at least to me. Uh, but like like I said, Minnesota went from winning one or two games a year to Ohio State struggled with them last year. Yeah, and that's like uh, 
PJ Fleck, his whole thing is row the boat. Sean Lewis is flash fast. Always got so, some kind of rally cry is what it is. Row the yeah. boat was just keep on moving. We're never out of it. And flash fast is similar. Oh. Similar. Uh, it's not necessarily keep on moving. We're never out of it. It's like if they can't keep up with us, how can they stop us? We're never out of something if we can't be stopped. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, the flash fast offense beat the uh, overall 26th pick in the 2020 NFL draft. For those of you guys that don't know, that's Jordan Love of the now of the Green Bay Packers, possibly Aaron Rodgers' ticket out of Green Bay. Hey. But that's a good transition here, bro. Because guess where we got to go next? Got to go to the NFL. Let's take a trip to the NFL. And let's talk about can Drew Brees win comeback player of the year in a 72-hour period? For a 72-hour period? See, that's the thing. Like, I understand what Drew Brees meant when he was, like, talking about, you know, the military and stuff. But... Dude, this is not the time to bring that up. You it's, probably brought that up at the worst time in American history or recent history. Like, that is it, not a good time to bring that up. It's not even the fact, to me, I don't even know if it's the fact that he brought up the military. I think it's the fact of, the fact that he used the word disrespect. Yeah, and then we all know why, you know, Kaepernick and all the other NFL players kneeled. Shit, Drew Brees was kneeling with players back in the day when that was happening. But this is not the time to try and, you know, defend the flag. Because right now, how everything's going on in America, like we discussed last week on the podcast, this is not the time to... And it's it's truly messed up. We're not sitting here saying that it's not the time just because you aren't entitled to your opinion and even mm-hmm. if you view a view otherwise from what everyone else views that you're not entitled to that, it's just what's the point in stirring up trouble? Um, right. It's like, probably what? the best way to put that. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. Like this is not the time to try and like say something like that. Like right now, I think most Americans are focused on Black Lives Matter, you know. We're focused on like like we said, black lives don't matter then how do all lives matter like this is a this is a movement going on in america that i think you can agree on this like i said last week on the podcast you can agree on this everybody i talk to they can agree on this it's like, a, it's a necessary movement in america yeah yeah and it's like it, it's not the time to bring that kind of sh- kind of stuff up there drew like by all, by all means if 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 he has an opposite view, like I said, entitled to that, it's it's up to somebody who argues like me or you to change that opinion on him. Uh, but really a bad time. You know, you work, especially with who he works with. And that's why I said, can right. Drew Brees win comeback of the player of the year for a 72-hour period? Because possibly the whole, the most hated man in the NFL last Thursday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He got canceled by so many people. Possibly one of the most hated men in America, in his own city, 
to the point where New Orleans was chanting, fuck Drew Brees. A city, yeah, I, a city he helped rebuild was chanting, fuck you, Drew Brees. Yeah, so, and that's sorry the thing. Like, I, hey, I pardon you. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, like, he helped rebuild New Orleans after Katrina, right? They won the 09 Super Bowl. That was like the turnaround point for everybody was, in New Orleans. Like it's the perfect storm. It's we're back. And then all he said was it's disrespectful to military members, and everybody's like, "Fuck you, Drew Brees." Well, pardon my French. Well, like I pardon you, but like like <laughs> like I like you said, just just bad timing. Like yeah, I, like. I can't say I'm not going to sit here and say I I even agree with his disrespect view because it was never really about that. Uh, but obviously, like I said, entitled to that view. But my thing is is completely switched once the backlash came. Whether oh. he made a business decision to just keep his own morals or morals or opinions to himself from now on, or if he's really trying to be an advocate for the movement. Which is what seems it be. By Saturday, Drew Brees had issued his apology. Not only yep. that, he took some flack from President Donald J. Trump. Yep. He even, uh, he even tweeted it like on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, he made that statement to Trump. He was that, like, all right, we got to change this whole, whole mindset. Yeah, and, and once he took the, like you said, once he took the flack from Trump, a hundred percent. All right, Trump, you, you're going to say something to me. I'm going to say something to you. And so in a 72 hour period, Drew Brees possibly went from the most hated man in all of the NFL mm -hmm. to Michael Thomas telling you, Michael Thomas, they're their star player. Now he is the face of that franchise. Now, I don't know. Yeah, if you, yeah. I don't know if you want to argue that, but Michael Thomas is possibly the face face of the New Orleans franchise with Drew Brees a couple years. What about from being Mara, though? Camara, Camara here and there, but I'm not sure they're end up, they're gonna give Camara money. I mean, Camara's out there. He's still like bashing uh, Breeze over that. And and unfortunately, uh, and it's a, and it's a conversation for another day. But if New Orleans had to pick, and Drew Breeze was gonna will, be was willing to stay, mm. they're they're picking Drew Breeze. Oh yeah, I Cause, mean, because if they could keep Drew Breeze and Michael Thomas, they'll find another running back. When you when you think about Saints quarterbacks, it's kind of like him, Archie Manning. Who? Yeah, we're talking about Drew Brees. It's him. Know? I mean, obviously, you you can you can mention Archie Archie Manning, but Luke Drew McCowan. Brees. Luke McCowan is the true face of the Saints. He, he's a backup with a Verizon commercial. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was just you know it was one of those it was the wrong time to bring that up. And and he like I said he took his beating for it, uh, mm -hmm. whether he means the apology or not he seems to be an advocate for the movement now. And, yeah, and I, I'm gonna start tweeting comeback player of the year for the next year. All right, hey, that's our we're campaigning on the podcast. Drew Brees should Drew Brees should win comeback player of the year for his 72 hour period last week where where he went most hated from most hated man in the NFL to possibly one of the biggest advocates in the NFL for the Black Lives Matter movement. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he like he ate his words, what he said, and he was like, like I said, wrong time. My apologies, like guys, look, Black Lives do fucking matter. That's what we're at right now. This is how America is. America has a big ass fucking part of my French wound that needs to be healed. You know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, screw the flag conversation. It's it's not about the flag conversation. It's about I get and I get he was talking about the protest, the the cat protest and stuff like that. Mm. But like you were involved in those. There was no point in bringing up this conversation at all. Uh, obviously, yes. I, I'm not going to bash Yahoo Sports, but I think it was a bad question. I mean, who the hell still goes on Yahoo beside my dad? Besides my dad on his uh, Yahoo.com account. I mean, for email, uh, and I always thought that's all Yahoo was, but obviously they do have like the news section on the homepage and stuff like that. But just, I'm not gonna like I said, I'm not gonna call out Yahoo Sports for asking a bad question, but it, it's a bad question. It was a bad question. Yeah, it, and I mean they were just. They were trying to get that answer out of him. You know, they were provoking that answer, that uh, response. Exactly. Exactly. I'd almost go as far to say is they got the response they freaking wanted. Yeah. He said it, everything they wanted him to say. Yeah. Because if you're going to bring up the flag protest, talk to one person in the NFL that's active. Talk to Eric Reed. Mm-hmm. That's who you should be talking to about the flag protest at a time like this. Talk to the lineman, um, or Villanueva. Uh, yes, from the Steelers, who was—he's like still an active member of the military. I mean, not active, but he still works with them. Even he said, like, this isn't about the military. Or anything. This is about equal rights in America. And and, and it, it's where we are. Yeah. And it's one of those things, like, I can't believe that we're still talking about this in 2020. You know, in the 60s, and the 50s, like, in the 70s, all those protests and the civil rights movement. Like, how are we still talking about this? Because how people, like... Of, because of the word ignorance. Like me yeah. and you said last week, until social media became a thing, it wasn't in the national spotlight. Cops were killing black dudes left and right and got mm-hmm. away with it because there was no video to be posted anywhere. Who was? Where right. were you going to post it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, all you got to do is click a button and it's live. We can watch it as it's happening. Yeah, I mean... It, it, it ta- it's shit, effortless. The last, the last two weeks, we've been watching it. Like you said, live, Instagram live, Twitter live, Facebook live. We're watching these protests where they're, everything's going on. And I don't know, man. It's just. Uh... Exactly. And prior to the social media era, it was you got to wait a couple hours until the news comes up. Mm-hmm. And then you got then you got to hope that the news decided to cover that. Yeah. Because they only have so much time. It's just, uh, obviously, I watching 
George Floyd get murdered on the video. Yeah, we Horrifying, to... disgusting. But um, I'm kind of happy that you know this uprising is happening now. Happening now that we can change change the way that you know America is. Yes, it it needs change. Everyone, everyone's human, bro. Uh, I don't hate nobody for no reason unless you give me a reason to. It, it, it's not there's no existent hate for me, uh, and it, and it's the unfortunate truth that there is for other people. Unless you give me a reason to dislike you, I'm not going to dislike you just because. I don't care who you are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I I black, yellow, red, blue, get white, pink, mm. whatever you are. I don't care. I'm not going to dislike you just because you're not my color. And that's just how it is. Yeah, I mean, that's just, and as, you know, to white guys in America, all we can do is uh, try to use our platform and our voices to continue uh, to try to push the right narrative. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's, like I said, it was disgusting. It made me sick to my stomach watching those videos and all that kind of stuff. So it, it was absolutely horrendous. Um, we talked about it quite a bit the other day, even two weeks removed from it. Uh, obviously memorials are still going on. That was today. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously all that stuff's going on. So it brought up more, it brought it up even more uh, for us when we were on the phone Sunday. Uh, but, but that's, that's, let's, let's move on from the sad stuff. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, I will. I won't say sad. I'll say Black Lives Matter because, and it's sad be, because of the death of George Floyd. It's also yeah. sad because we're we have to do this, right? And I mean, like the fact that this has to happen. Like we have to have these conversations because in twenty twenty, innocent black men and women are still getting fucking murdered. Part of yes. my French. Yes, it's it's, it's, yeah. it's it's absolutely horrendous. But uh, we're out of topics, my man. Anything else? Um, anything? Oh, oh, I've got something, and I keep forgetting to mention it to you. It okay. is now official. August fifteenth, Stipe Miocic versus Daniel Cormier three. There we go. It's official. My guy. I, I, well, right before we started recording, I got that between our phone calls. Uh, and I meant to mention it to you before we started, and then I completely blanked it. But yes, August 15th, Saturday, uh, UFC, whatever the hell it's going to be at this point. Uh, main, your main event's going to be uh, the rubber match, uh, bragging rights. Uh, they both won one at this point. Uh, Where are they fighting? At MGM? Out uh, in Vegas? It's possible. Uh, I don't think they said an exact set an exact uh, thing, but it's either going to be that or they're still going to do it at their performance center. Uh, more okay. more details to come on that uh, next week. We'll talk more about that next week. Uh, the only reason we're not talking about it more now is because it just came out right before the show started, and I don't see. Have, I didn't even I didn't even see that. I, I I can't try to search Twitter while I'm talking to find the exact thing. Uh, so as soon as I, we'll get more information on it next week. Uh, 
obviously August is still two months away. Mm. But August 15th, I'm excited so, to see it. Yes, August 15th, that's uh, two days before Ian's, I don't know, what is it, 27? I don't know. One of Ian's birthdays. He's three years older than me, so yeah, I'll be 27. But uh, obviously, my parents know uh, the people that work at OMS, went to OMS know, but Stipe, he is a first responder just right down the road from where we got our two uh, broadcasting degrees. Yes, uh, wonderful human being. Uh, and like you said, a uh, firefighter. Yeah. Doing, you know, doing his I've, thing down there. I've got a long line. My sister's a firefighter paramedic. My niece is a paramedic down in uh, Carolina. Uh, her husband is, or my sister's husband, my brother-in-law, I guess, is a uh, firefighter up in uh, Northwest Ohio. And a lot of their friends are firefighters. So I have the utmost respect to first responders. Yeah, me too. Uh, I know I don't have, I don't, I'm not sure I have too many family members uh, that I can think of off the top of my head, but I know quite a few. Uh, one of my dad's best friends, Jimmy Barry, uh, is the chief of the Avon Lake uh, Fire Department. Okay. Yeah, so. So uh, my buddy, uh, who I've been working with on this website, um, Oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. It's not announced yet. But uh, he's from Avon Lake. See? The Shoreman, right? Avon Lake Shoreman? Yeah, the Shoreman. Uh, The politically correct nickname for him is the Shoreman. Yeah. Yes. Uh, But anything else, my man? Uh, If not, I'm ready to wrap up if you are. Yeah, I am. I just want to... uh finish this off by like come on guys let's be decent human beings stop killing each other stop killing each other where where should they follow you they should follow me at at eth simpson cgod what is that a month now that's a month i haven't given a month, my a email. month straight a month straight we don't have emails uh out there, there but go. i'm gonna i'm gonna give one at the end of mine uh i'm gonna surprise you with a little something you can go ahead and follow me, Brendan Ward, at BWardCLE. You can follow the podcast at Podcast Given on Twitter, at Any Given Podcast on Instagram, on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Any Given Podcast. You can also email the podcast at Any Given Podcast, CLE at gmail.com, whether that be for questions you have for the show, whether you want, want to give input on what topics you want us to talk about. If you're willing, if you're if you're interested in sponsoring the show, go ahead and email us there as well, because that is where we're gonna start taking the business uh, for for the show as well. We both have access to it. We both know everything that's going to go on for it. Uh, either way, we talk every single day. So it it doesn't matter. But in, in, anything you need from the show, any given podcast, CLE at gmail.com. I will leave you with Black Lives Matter and Stipe Miocic, firefighter by day, possibly the greatest heavyweight champion of all time by night. Thank you very much. <laughs> For listening to any given podcast, you guys have a fantastic rest of your week. Can I say one more thing real fast, Brendan? Go ahead. So after every podcast, I leave with the God bless you, stay blessed. Yes. Can we not spread that around, guys? Spread the fucking love. Part of my French. But can we not spread the love? Quit killing people. We're all human beings. Yes.
Keep Let's sp- spread the love. That's what we spread want. Spread the love. Come on, guys. All right. Sayonara.